Yo, what's up, everybody? It's comedian T.K. Kirkland, a.k.a. T to the Okay, I just did one of the greatest episodes in podcast history with real-life street stars, some of the coldest brothers in the Okay, make sure you subscribe, like the video, and keep continuing to watch these young brothers rise. You know I don't talk a lot. Demonstrations better than conversation. Go. So, TK, I want to stay in L.A. for a second. Um, you had mentioned earlier that Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, some of the greatest players in your – Yes. To what you've seen. And you have – you know, your roots are – you have roots in L.A. Um, I'm just curious. Can you take me through the moment – and I remember I was watching on Netflix or some documentary where Magic Johnson came out to say he had AIDS. Yes. And the way that shut the world down as far as, oh, shit – for you at that time, knowing what Magic Johnson was and having him have that statement, how was that for you when he says, you know, easy, I think that was later, but how was that for you to hear Magic Johnson make that press conference? I don't know what it is about me. It's not that I don't care. I just don't be giving a fuck about that kind of shit. I wish, I wish people the best. Um, it was his life. I didn't get him. Anytime somebody gets sick, you, 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 you feel bad about them, but... I never looked at, I mean, I, I knew Magic. I mean, it's hanging at Magic House, yeah, me, yeah. <laughs> me, Harry O, Ma, Ma, Magic Throw the Parties. I mean, we wasn't having sex. I hung out with everybody, but I wasn't a player around them. Mm. I believed in showing, I had to be respectful around other people who I respected. So even when I went on tour with NWA, they was having fun. The same way I'm watching Charleston White when he's backstage. I, I, I stay in the corner and I watch people, even though I do my thing quietly, right? When I was touring with R. Kelly, never hung out with R. Kelly, never went to his hotel room, never hung out in his dressing room. I handled my business. And I, by the, when the show was done, they was getting on the bus. I was getting on the plane to fly to the next city. When I hung out with the cash money millionaires in all the cities that we did, never rode on the bus with them. I always did my business. And independently, I met them at the next city. I did that with every artist, Patti LaBelle, Madonna. Shout out to Madonna, too, because she's ill right now. She went to the hospital today. Yeah, shout out Madonna. She just went today. Yeah, Yeah. she's okay. But I toured with everybody, fam. There's no stand-up comedian that toured more than me in the 90s. So I'm just curious. You mentioned R. Kelly, and you opened for R. Kelly doing an awesome job. Were you surprised at all when the shit hit the fan? Here's the thing. Believe it or not, I was just walking around naive. Like, I wasn't really... I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't paying attention to the women that he was moving and all that. That's how much I was in my lane. Like, I wasn't in, like I said, I wasn't in his life. I wasn't in his dressing room. But guess what? When he went on tour, he had a, a, a partner named June. June was his manager or assistant. And they get me to go on tour. Guess what? I call... Them niggas say, let's go, and I'm, I'm, I go get that check. Is it hard uh, building the type of rapport you've had to build, the relationship you had to build with stars, or was that easy for you? Well, I was a star before everybody. Okay. See, I saw everybody come up. Okay. So I, they, it was the time they had to look up to me. Like, one of my greatest stories is um, 
be throwing a birthday party in Harlem, um, in New York City. It, it was my 35th birthday party. We mink up Harry O, uh, Haitian Jack, Frankie B. Like every, that's how the credibility I had on, on the street. And um, we hired these young men from Brooklyn, and they were late. And um, what I did when people were late, I didn't show them respect. So my guys were like, yo, let these guys go on, T. And they're like, nah, fuck them. They late. And I'm mink coat up. Like, don't give a fuck. We rich. And my man was like, yo, let them go on. This motherfucker went on that mic and doing his motherfucking shit. And he turned my birthday party out, yo. After the show, I talked about this in my stand-up. After my show, I took a lot of money and peeled out. $15, $100 bills. And I gave him the money. And I tell people the story, I got to put a little trust on it. I say, he took my money and flipped it, flipped it again. And Nick became a billionaire. That nigga was Jay-Z. He was old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then Jay-Z, because we was cool, wound up taking me on the Hard Knock Life Tour. So I, I was the opening act for the Hard Knock Life Tour. Remember that tour? Yeah, and once I host that tour, um, I wound up going on tour with um, the Cash Money Millionaires. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got the movie Baller Blocking. You know, so, um, yeah. Rough Rider was on both Hard yeah, Knock Life the, yeah, and Catch Yeah, we was on the same tour. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah you I was there, and all that. Yeah, I was there for, I was there for all that. Ooh, that was wild. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. a great say. With the success of Tubi, you know, like, Baller Block is like a hood classic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you think about Tubi and, like, what, what it's got I think on? all those um, platforms are great because that's how I made my money. Um, that's why I teach people. And just like how you guys are doing, right? You're not waiting for Hollywood to come knock on your door. You have created a way, you got your own cameras, you got your own equipment, you guys are doing what you need to do. The, you don't have to answer to nobody. Yeah. Well, guys, before y'all came around, I had to try to answer the people. And it was the hardest fucking thing in the world that you could get somebody's attention and they don't do what they said they was going to do. That's like how when people ask me to do something, for them, I, I'm honest with them. So I'm not going to take your number because I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not that kind of person who... Because when you... Meet somebody and they have a dream and you lie to them and they look up to you and you stir them for months or weeks to... To years. And in their head, they're like, oh, I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to do this with my girl. And then you turn out to be a liar. That's a hurting feeling. Oh. And I was looked at as a liar in some cases because I believed in people too much. Mm. So when I tell, hey, I'm about to do Saturday Night Live because this white man was telling me that I was that good. He's thinking I'm believing in him. And I tell other people it don't happen. Now I'm looked at as a liar. So I've learned to take the emotion out of the conversation and see what people are truly about. Now, TK, you mentioned Haitian Jack. Yes. Uh, you know, Vlad TV, he really went through there to kind of figure out just the whole Tupac situation. Now, was Haitian Jack on Vlad? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He went all the way through there. Okay, I didn't know Haitian uh, Jack um, went on there. You had mentioned that you was um, with Tupac and Biggie. Yes. Both the Yeah, the, both days, they, they, they both died in different years. Different years. When you went to each other. We was all together. Yes, we were. Yeah, so I'm just curious. So for you, I mean, it's like you see the West Coast, East Coast. You see this going yes. on. What are you, like, because you're, you're there. Right. For Tupac, what do you feel that was? Was that something East Coast, West Coast? Were that literally just some, my thing ga- about some gang tu- shit? My thing about Tupac is like any young man. Who's looking for a mentor or someone to vibe with? And Tupac just really uh, ran into the wrong people to hang out with. And, you know, it's all about choices, guys. Like, his choices are bad. I hate it 
the fact that he started a war between the East Coast and West Coast. I hated that him and Biggie, who used to be best friends, was fighting like that. These type of things make you hurt. And I always say, if you live long enough, you get to apologize to a person you acted a fool with when you was a child. When I was young and I was selling keys, one, um, one of my homies got kidnapped. And I had to pay this little ransom money and shit. And um, I still was like 30,000 short. And um, they didn't beat him up for nothing, you know. So a couple of years later, I'm, I'm, I'm TK Kirkland. I'm like getting ready to blow up as a comedian. And he actually was at one of my shows in Detroit. Yeah, the guy who kidnapped my guy. And I know for a fact if I had something on me, because I was coming upstairs, he was coming in with a girl. And I know we would have drew on each other. We had our shit. I know this for a fact. But because we was older, we went and had a drink. And we apologized to each other and said, yo, we was kids then. Let's not even worry about that shit. He wound up dying like three weeks later. But we got to say that to each other. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of homies did, but no, I I had nothing to do with that. God bless them. You've lived through so many eras. You've seen so much. What are some of the things that you're proud of and some of the things that you that kind of disgust you? Um, What disgusts me that when young women don't understand when men are really trying to give them knowledge about carrying themselves as a lady Mm. and they look at it as uh, uh, don't tell us what to do. And I always say, if it's something positive, how can it be wrong? If a man is showing you love or baby, this I'm a man, this is what I'm supposed to say to you, this is how I can protect this, how I can uplift you. And women are like, oh fuck you. You don't, you don't, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know what you're talking about. And that's what that's what hurts me. And and, and from what I see. And the positive? Um, the positive side is Damn. That's a good question. Hmm. What's the what's the question again? Well, so you've seen a lot in the decades that you've been coming through and you know, what have you taken negatively and then also what have you taken positively from? What I take a positive is is the young generation creating your own lane. Yeah. See, cause I knew you guys existed before you knew I existed. Yeah. I used to tell my homies back in the day, yo, the people who are gonna make me famous are kids now. Now I didn't know it was podcasting. I didn't know none of that, but I knew it was going to be kids who was going to give me my break. That's real. Because you got to remember, Vlad is even younger than me. Yeah, no, he is. He is. Yeah, you, yeah you, Vlad you, is you in really his 40s. Like, I'm old enough to be his dad. Yeah, I was going to ask, how does it feel? You kind of got two ways. You got to, you know, back, you know, doing your comedy, but now you're actually, people want to pay you to talk now just because yes. you're viral. You're a viral yes. actual commentator right how was that feel that you know people leaning on that part of i just now? think it's awesome to not be telling jokes and you can still make a little money on the side that's up man that's why I, if you see my post the other day i was talking about how i just love life so much like i love this shit this man i can't wait for us to go to the steakhouse that we're going to oh, no. afterwards <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i really can't wait so 
You know, I, I, I just love this. I just love this, man. Love it. So you brought up women respecting themselves, right? Um, are you familiar with Suki Hana? Do you know who that is? No. Okay. Well, she's a rapper and um, she has a very sexually explicit persona. Okay. Very. And uh, recently she's been in situations where men have disrespected her right uh-huh. and a lot of people feel like it's because of the way she carries herself Absolutely. you you feel like if a woman carries herself a certain way she doesn't deserve a certain amount of respect like yes like i don't i don't like to see women use profanity i think it devalues the beauty of the female i think that uh, a man had common sense and he checked the woman's character first because most of like we you know we look at ass first titties and skin like i looked at your ass and I came in. I'm in a all man. Honesty? I was like, "Yeah, it's noticeable." Yeah, I mean, are you, are you dating somebody in here? Are you dating somebody in here? Not in here, but I am dating. Yeah, you got somebody. So, but that's what men do, though. Is that whether you got a man or you marry, we look. So it's not like I was being disrespectful. You know, that's what we do. Now, you look at a beautiful woman, and once she starts to see, there's levels to dating. And I'm putting everybody up on game. Ooh, so you can go. look at a beautiful woman. But then after you get past the beauty, what's the character? Do you see that woman being around anybody that you love, your mother, your children? And because when a woman uses so much profanity, it says a lot about her. Would you want that woman to curse around your daughters or your youngest son? If you're a good person, you don't want you don't want that. And vice versa. A girl could be nice, but the young man you're fucking with is like, bitch, what the fuck you say? Y'all in, in your house and your son hears the way this man is talking to you. You will find that disrespectful. You wouldn't say, he, he couldn't say to you, oh, bitch, this is how I talk. If you know, you know who I was, you don't want that kind of energy in your home. While we're on the subject of women, you know, we just could stay right here. Um, we have had um, a young lady by the name of Princella on our platform. Um, and she has strong opinions about men and where she feels like men stand should stand in society. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen her. Uh-huh. Um, but um, from her point of view, she believes that men have no real place in society um, that they really, that all men really should be slaves and that um, they're not good for anything but fighting, conquering, and having sex. Um, and that the world would be a better place if it was 80% women, 20% men. And, and, she, and I would say she's somewhat right to that aspect because men have taken a, a wrong turn of accountability. I always say that before um, independence, if men would have did their job in the in the 30s and 40s, women would have still been loyal to men. It's just that men abuse their power and destroy. That's what provoked the women to become independent. I mean, a lot of you guys don't know, and maybe you do know, a woman wasn't able to even have a bank account to 1974. Oh, yeah, you couldn't even have a checking account or a, a, a checking account, a savings account until 1974. So yes, men have deteriorate the, the definition of a being a man. And, um, but that statement is also the way the system played you women, not you women, but women to think that way as well, because they don't see what the government has done. They have, so we're, we're played for so many ways. The black man is in danger because we get our women 
looking at us and saying the things that they're saying about us. We got the government hating us. You got the Chinese who's also black hating us. You got the Philippines who's also black hating black people. Then you got the government who will give um, um, contracts and uh, um, grants to people from different parts of the world and to set up a liquor store and all these stores in the black community, but you don't see liquor stores in, in the suburbs. You don't see liquor stores in other people's neighborhoods. So what I will say that if you took every black person off the face of the earth, every business in this world would collapse because every business in the world depends on the black dollar. No. And that's, I'm glad you said that because we are the largest consumers of everything. Yes. But yet we are what we have, what, what, we, what we have in far, as far as assets. It's like we have nothing. Why, yes, why, so true. Why is that? Why, well, do, why is it that you think? Um, education. Um, Not even why is it that you think? Like, Do you think we can beat that? Like, Do you think there's a way... Yeah, you start with your own family. You take care of your kids first, and then hopefully it grows from there. That's that's all you could do because social media, uh, music has damaged a lot of people. Think about it. Young kids who grow up to be nice kids become a rapper, then they get tattoos on their face. Now, all of a sudden, they got a criminal record. Never got in trouble before in their life. Now, they got a record deal. Just now, like motherfucking gang banging. And he's doing all this kind of stuff. So, we think backwards. I was saying, I might post this tomorrow, I think. The greatest rapper people should look up to is um, Drake. Mm, because okay. of his work ethic. Because of how he moves through this game. How he um, is about family. He gets his money. He ain't trying to, he's not doing drugs. He's not gang trying to gang bang. He's truly focused on his talent. And that's what rappers should do. Get out, come out the hood, get your money, make hit records, take care of your family, and then disappear. Now, TK, you had just mentioned, you know, the negative you've seen where men, women don't listen to men. Yes. As what you said. Um, what, what do you feel about a, a man who tells a woman what to do with her? Her, uh, you know, her with pussy. a pussy. Well, you and, got pimps. And when, and when I say that, yeah, you I got you, pimps. I, yeah, you, I want you to think of pimps, but also I want you to think of like OnlyFans, where a girl is like, "Hey, I'm gonna make money off my shit," and a man tell her, "Hey, you should maybe do this or do that or slow down," and she's like, "This is a conglomerate down here." Yeah. Again, remember, life is you have to respect that person's journey. If that's what they want to do, salute. But. If you're pursuing a girl like that and that's not your girl, guess what? There's another girl who can be the way you want them to be. There's another man that could be right for the woman that she's looking for. So there's always somebody there because you can't change nobody. When you meet someone and they are not the way you want them to be when you meet them, you got to move on. Like all that changing and complaining. Nah. They said in their ways. Yeah. Now, you in Dallas to where you used to room during the NWA situation with DOC. Yes, my man. Shout out to DOC. And he, he is Dallas all the way. Yes. I'm just curious. During that time, you know, we seen the Straight Outta Compton movie. We seen yes. what they did with DOC. Um, first of all, how accurate was that movie, Straight Outta Compton? The movie was act 99% accurate. 
they left a lot of stuff out. But they left it, it out, but it's yeah. to what they showed. Yeah, it was on point. On point. Um, during that time, for DOC, man, again, because this is Dallas, and people felt like, all right, he kind of got a little buzzing Dallas, but went off to L.A. to do his thing and blew up and blow up in the course of the car accident and, you know, everything that happened. Right. How was DOC as far as, you know, in L.A., but also his importance to N.W.A., and also what he did for Dallas? I don't know. Again, no matter what group I was with, I wasn't their friend. Oh. I kept it Republican. <laughs> so listen, it's about to check. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you what that means. See, Republican is strictly business. Democrat wants to be your friend. Basically, I didn't get in the front seat. I stayed in the back seat and played my position because it was all about business to me. So even though we hung together, remember, I was older than these guys. I'm much older than the guys at NWA. When they started, it was 21, 22. I was 27, 28, 29 years old when I got my start with NWA. I just happened to always be at the right place at the right time, no matter what. But I was a young man. So I wasn't playing kid games like they was playing. Not that it was disrespectful, I just wasn't playing games. You said you remember coming to Dallas, though, in 1988. Yeah, 1988 with NWA. Yes. Do you remember how that was as far as with DLC coming home? Again, you got to remember, I didn't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't understand the importance of what. Yeah, I mean, we all knew each other, but I, I, I moved different, yo. I wasn't really caught up. But when me and Deal see each other to this day, it's mad love, it's respect. When Ice Cube sees me, when all the rappers, Baby, Lil Wayne, and all of us, uh, they always show me mad love, and that's priceless. I just got a question as far as stand up. You know, like I said, I, I Googled you. I saw, I saw like two or three or four stand new stand up specials. Do you have something yes. new coming? Yeah, I got a new special dropping July 4th on Apple TV. Oh, shit. Called T to the MFK. Um, I'm excited about it. You can pre order it now if, um, for 50% off and use code TK, but it goes national, national on Apple TV July 4th. And I'm truly excited about that. Now, now is it. This is brand, brand new material? Brand, brand new material. Okay, okay. So for, yeah. for you know, since COVID happened, I feel like there's been so many things to touch on. Yeah, like, the thing about comedy, I don't really write jokes. I have probably, you know, I was Jay-Z before Jay-Z. Like, I haven't wrote a joke on a piece of paper probably in 30 years. I do everything in my head. Damn, yeah. that's real. Yeah, everything so in my head. just that raw off the dome. Yeah, right off the dome. So, um... You can get new material sometimes on performing. And then sometimes you might get some old shit depending on how tired I am because I work so much and I am human. So I might have good intentions to do one thing and get on stage like, man, I'm tired of motherfucker. Let me get this shit over with and get the hell out of here. So that's the way it works. Is, uh, is Jamie Foxx a part of that situation? No, Jamie Foxx, I don't know why, why people said I managed Jamie, but Jamie and I were supposed to do a, um, a special. He was going to direct it for Netflix. That was okay. the goal. And well, he wound up getting sick. And then I guess I said something that he was in a coma or something that fact. So when his guys was like, TK, you said Jamie was in a coma. And I was just really talking about what everybody else was talking about. It wasn't like trying to throw him under the bus or anything like that. And I think it must have been some flack about it. But I'm not kissing nobody ass. So when I called Marcus King, he wasn't calling me back. It just brought the street out of me. So I was like, fuck them niggas. If we do it, we do it. And we, because they know how I move. 
You know, I, I, I don't need nobody. Like, I'm always going to be that nigga. I, I swear to God, I say that all the time. I, I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm doing all right. You know what I'm saying? Would it have been great to do something? Yeah, but I, um, I don't play that Hollywood shit. I don't play that them, them, them games them niggas play. So I move a certain way. So fuck it. What is your history with Jamie Foxx? I'm just curious. Uh, He's a great man. Like, yeah. you know, if you Google um, Jamie Foxx and T.K. Kirkland right now, you'll see him say, T.K. Kirkland is the greatest comedian ever. Because he'll talk about how I used to go over to a dance club. Yeah. And shut the motherfucker. No comedian could do that. I'm talking about people dancing. <laughs> and then. <laughs> and I shut the motherfucker down to the point people start paying attention to me. It's true. It's facts. It's out there. Who who is like the most underrated comedian that you? I find? don't do that. I got you. I got you. Got yeah, you. I, I I think they all good comedians. I wish them all the best. I don't get caught up in who's best or who's your who's your top five comedian. More so, more so like you know like somebody we might be sleeping on it nah, that we need to check out or, or a cosign maybe. I no. don't give a fuck. Like right, I don't. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, right. right. I got. Sleep, yeah. yeah. I don't care about none of that shit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care about so, that. Wait, wait. So I'm curious because there's epic stories about Jamie Foxx parties. Were you at the Eddie's? Never went to none of this party. Oh, shit. Yeah, I don't party like that. Just not. I hear him tell stories. Were you ever like, I'll just pull up and see what's nah, going on? Or just, nope. Damn. Okay. Okay. No, always okay. move my certain way. Okay. Uh-uh. And it's funny because with the special that's coming out, T to the K. Yes. Who gave you that moniker? I forgot you. You had said. Well, I said Tupac. I gave. It was at Jack the Rapper, and he had said T to the motherfucking K. So uh, I just took it, put it all together, and just ran with it. That's all. Yeah, that's it. It's either like to other people, it means something. But you got to remember, none of us were stars when we was growing up. We were just regular niggas, you know. And, and to you guys, these guys are stars. But oh, I, I knew these niggas like, like my friends. These Mike Tyson just come to my house, like. Damn, we was we, like, we we all that close with the Tigers. Um, so TK, be honest, and I just want your honest opinion. Okay, nineteen ninety nine or whatever year that was, uh-huh. Kings of Comedy comes out. Yes, DL Cedric. Uh, yes, uh, every yes, Bernie uh, with Steve. What are your thoughts when you see these four guys lined up as the Kings of Comedy? Because the world took these as these are the top guys. And yes. you've been doing it decades prior. And it's, it's based on perception. But it doesn't mean that they're, they're the best. You still had a Dave Chappelle. You still had a Chris Rock. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You still had these comedians out there who were just as good. It's just uh, so many things probably happened behind the scenes. It's, probably, it's possible they could have went for It's possible they could have went for other comics. But other comics probably wanted more money. Yeah, but I said, did you question the lineup of the four kings? I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Once again. Like, I mean, like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm not your typical Hollywood guy. I don't care about none of that. I, I just care about me, my children, my health. And I go, I stay in my lane, you know? Like, that's how I move. Yeah, I don't do all that. You know, right now we live in an age where everything is, ooh, taboo. There's certain topics that people won't discuss or you might get canceled. Does TK worry about any of that on during his sets? My special drops July 4th on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. My point that I'm making is I'm my own boss. Can't nobody stop me. Amen. Yeah. So that's, that's all independent too? That's all independent. I put oh, on my live. own money, do my own shit. Damn, that's live. Now, TK, man, you didn't open for New Edition. Yes. Bell Beer the Vogue, Bobby Brown, Drew Hill. Yes. Uh, you didn't open for, I mean, damn it, too, too many to name. Yes. 
Is there a favorite that you have that you open for as far as just being able to do your shit and then go backstage and watch or at least the energy of their set? Okay, two people. N.W.A. for sure. And Madonna. Madonna. Listen to me. You put any artist on the stage right now, young or old, and I'll put Madonna up there. I guarantee you Madonna gonna turn that motherfucker out. And this is a fact. Madonna that cold, brother. I've been to her concerts. I've been to everybody's concerts. Yeah, it's like Madonna. Trust me. Was it performance? I, performance, yo. Stage, stage presence. Um, even the sound system. You go to black concerts. They had, <laughs> they had these different type of speakers. Madonna had fucking speakers that was tall as an apartment building. Oh, and then the greatest rapper I've ever seen was DMX. Oh, yeah. The greatest rapper was DMX. Um, greatest rapper was DMX. Uh, you told a story, of course, of him going to two blocks and getting ugh. right, right, right. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, for for DMX uh, as being the greatest rapper. Um, I'm listening, guys. When you see Tupac, you see Biggie, you see Jay Z. You from the East Coast, had time on the West. Do you feel like we'll ever get back to that level of performer to rap? Do you feel like rap will ever get back? No, to because that? Atlanta took over. Oh, you like with the snap rap or what you no, mean? No, like, Atlanta took over the rap game. So there's no real rappers in Atlanta? Or no, what I'm saying is you'll never have the New York rappers the way it was oh, back in the day. You'll okay. never have the, uh, everybody's still on Dr. Dre dick, it's Snoop Dogg dick. <laughs> there's, no, there's no super, super star that came out of LA. And then all the rappers that are huge is out of Atlanta. I mean, you got Rick Ross, but he's an OG. You know, Drake is almost an OG. You know, you got the, the, the Amigos or whatever the fuck their names are. And you got a lot of other different young people, but not no rock stars. Ah, that's true. Do you think just, just the rock star element is dead in general? Because it seems like not right now it's like the common person. Yeah, I think person. it's dead because social media, you can have access to everybody now. Right. Back in the day, you saw a person once in a while. You only saw, so that's why you went to the concerts. Because you could see these people all the time. And that's why the numbers are huge. Now you can sit in your living room. And just kick it and watch stuff. You know, you have to spend no money. No, nah, that, that's facts. Um, you had said, uh, you know, Ice Cube just recently said uh, there's gatekeepers. Yes. Uh, he's like, man, listen, I'm about to come and do regular podcasts because there's people that's holding the key to us getting in. Yes. You know Ice Cube personally. Yes. Um, you know Ice T. You know, I, I, yeah, I heard you tell a story about Ice T personally. Uh-huh. When you see these, let's say, I don't want to call them older rappers, but the generation from the 80s and 90s rappers, not saying struggling, but having pushback uh-huh. to get things done based on the work they put in. What are your thoughts to that? You feel like you feel like it's just a generation where they just the older are forgotten and they're just worried about what's new and how what's shiny or that there's a different way for the older rappers to come into the game outside. Well, of- they made a lot of money. They made a lot of money, so they really got what they got something out of it. But the thing is, they like me. I always own my own shit. Can't nobody say nothing to me. So when I hear the Dave Chappelle's wanting to sue because he didn't own the Dave Chappelle show, when I see Ice Cube having problems with Warner Brothers because he went, they wouldn't let him put out Fridays again because they did. He didn't own it. Um, but at the same time, you had the machine to put yourself, your stuff out there to do it. So 
It's give or take, yo. We live in a world, it's give or take. What are you prepared to give up to get the bag? It's to go back to the Michael Jordan story. He gave up, uh, he only took 5% of 100. And he's happy, but he got, he got something out the deal because the, oh, let's call them the gatekeepers, they pretty much own everything. And you got to go, you got to hope one of the motherfuckers like you to really blow up. Dr. Dre is successful because Jimmy I.B. liked him. Right. This is a fact. With you operating everything independent, like you said, you're on Apple TV Plus. Like, did you find any hurdles trying to do your own movies independent and things like that, or is it for you? It's not. It's no issue. No issue whatsoever. Got you. Got you. I sleep good at night. I'm I'm happy, man. Like I'm a happy guy. Are are you gonna? Are you gonna for real? You gonna do some movies? No, no, no. I'm a businessman. You know, my thing is the 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 Snapchat deal is gonna. I like business. Right. You know, the blacktop street ball, we bring them back basketball, the M1 basketball league. Yeah, yeah no, we bring that back. Up. That's what blacktop street ball is, the blacktop street ball association. Me, Mark Bullock, my man Vic, we out of, all of us are from Jersey. Um, Vic used to play for the NFL. Um, um, Mark is a, 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 ex, a, a pastor, and I'm, I'm a street nigga. We all got together. We doing um, blacktop street ball. We start that um, in September. And I'm a part of that. That's going to be huge because this time it's going to be bigger than and one. We're about to do this all around the world with my man Wally, who was the, one of the legends of um, N1 basketball. So I'm involved with a lot of little things. So, And we're going to touch on more that, uh, towards the end. I, I'm just curious. I got to get your thoughts, TK. Uh, you see the world going crazy over um, a submarine going down to see yes, the Titanic. Yes, yes. What are your thoughts when you see like the CEO, a billionaire, a couple of billionaires hop on a sub, a sub that's 20 feet long going down to the Titanic and the world paying it so much attention after these billionaires probably, you know, lost their lives? Yeah, um, it's just the way life is the media. Whoever controls the media controls the narrative. If they was billionaires, they got um, um, media coverage. Yeah, because no one talked about the um, 70 or 700 people died. The 700, yeah, it. that yeah. Yeah, went down. I've learned to look at life. Um, that's why we have social media. We, could, we, we don't need the media to promote or mention. We don't need the media to mention. So I'm going to tell you something while we're on the air. Like when, when, y'all, when y'all be passing phones around and looking questions, the person who's sitting on this end, it throws them off. So I really, I really want y'all to get that shit together when y'all go to the next. It's like, yo, yo, ask this motherfucker. Like, yo, y'all got to have that shit together, yo. Y'all need to be behind like a little desk so that person can't see what you're doing. Because you should see your facial expressions. The shit is here and then you don't know. <laughs> then the other person reach over there. Then you're passing around this motherfucking mic. <laughs> Yo, y'all got your own Pilates class. <laughs> All of your arms are strong because y'all passed the mic around. Y'all got strong arms. Like, is, does TK ever get on the submersible? Excuse me, sir? Would you ever get on the submersible? On where? On the submarine. That's what it was called. Oh, no, 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 no. You got to know where you, you got to know where you want to go. I, um, I was going to say it's good that we have people who do make those type of adventures because it takes some time you got to get off the beach and, and, and 
take a risk at life. It just so happened that happened. Remember, there was some there was somebody first who swam and probably drowned. Now a lot of people swim. It was the first motherfucker who saw horses for years and never thought about riding them. And one day somebody said, yo, we can ride these motherfuckers. If somebody saw a crab for the first time and said, yo, we can eat these. It it always was a first. (laughs) There's always was a first. Yeah. So whatever happened. So hopefully that situation from it being uh, happened, they actually build something that can handle that pressure. But that was crazy uh, how it imploded. Nice facts. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on, uh, I just seen recently um, the reopening up Michael Jackson's uh, case. Case. Now, I think that's wrong. I, yeah. think, I think that he's dead, but what white people do, they'll, that's an inside connection. They probably know the judge, the attorney probably know them, and they all going to get paid off it because the man is dead, and what they're going to do, he's going to win. Oh, the guy's going to win? The guy's going to win. Trust oh, wow. me, he's going to win, and he's going to be able to get a piece of Michael Jordan, I mean Michael Jackson's estate. Now you don't mean win, you mean possible settle, or you feel like they're gonna. He's go gonna through- win, and Damn. they're gonna pay him. Damn. I'm telling you now. <laughs> oh, because they wouldn't have took in the case. Some DA said he has a case here, and I think this is the same person that won already. Yeah, shit. All right, yeah, it's cold game, brother. It's a cold game. Um, all right, TK, we 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 normally play a game towards the end where we say, uh, you know, hurt or help black people. Uh-huh. Uh, you've seen enough, you lived long enough to kind of decide, hey, this might have helped us or this might have hurt us. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to just kind of go through some names, topics, and just tell me if you feel like they hurt or, help, okay. hurt or helped us. Uh, let's start with um, Tyler Perry, him buying BET. I think it's an awesome move. You feel like that will help us in the future? That I don't know. Because I'm not psychic. <laughs> but it's but, an awesome move, though. Yeah, it's an awesome move. It's a good business move. I mean, he's on there more than anybody. He got all the shows on BET. I think it's right that they give it to him. I think it would have fucked up. They'd have gave it to somebody else. Somebody. And he, had, he, like, he made a home for himself there. And I think that's awesome that he did that. There you go. There you go. Um, I got to ask you, man. Barack Obama, man. Uh, eight years. Barack Obama, I think he could have done better. But what he did was he gave people hope. And it was something that we actually saw in our lifetime. See, before you was born, our grandparents just always say that bullshit to us. You could be president one day. And you really go around saying that shit. You could be president one day. And then one day you actually saw a president. That's why his numbers are so huge. That's why people got um, behind it in a big way because you actually got to see that in our lifetime. Historical moment. Gang culture. Bad for us. That actually hurt us. Yeah, feel. that hurt us a lot. You don't feel, and just to have that conversation, a lot of kids were lost back in the 80s, 90s. Yeah. Didn't have because no of crack family. Cocaine. Yeah, because of crack cocaine, again, came into the communities, destroyed everybody, and just one thing led to another. Now it's an epidemic, can't be stopped. Nah, it is. Man, um, Gang culture still. Yeah, it can't be stopped. It's it, still right. got, it still got issues. Yeah. Um, I will say, um, and, you know, we got some women in here, but. Um, the angry black woman. Uh-huh. Do you feel like the angry black woman helped or hurt black people as far as getting stuff done or hurting us to get stuff not done? I think um, everybody has something that can tone them down. Some women do have a reason to be mad because there's really a lot of men who ain't shit. <laughs> there's really a lot of men who have played on the intelligence of a woman and made them mad and tell them in a minute, you're crazy. 
But in actuality, they brought pain to that woman because a lot of men don't know who they are. Like we talked about this at the very beginning. If you know you are, you will always be solid with a woman. But if you're a liar, so many people get hurt. She gets hurt. Um, the kids get hurt. Like you got some men who go both ways. They, they want to be men and they want to be women. And they, uh, some people are married. And they tiptoe in, in the street and live that kind of life and still come home um, destroying their life. Now, you got some women who will accept. I'm sorry, I was looking at somebody at my house. That's how, that's, how, that's, that's, how, that's how important the phone is. Yeah. <laughs> no, see, I have that um, security system on my phone. Oh, that's so lit. when people walk around my house, I always look to see who's, who's there. Oh, they sleeping on the Apple Watch. Yeah. So um, <laughs> men, yeah. men, have to really learn how to start being, uh, I would say, stop being a liar first to become a man. Okay. That's it. So, and I, yeah, that's what I would say. I would ask you, uh, Kevin Samuels. Yes. I Does he Kevin hurt or Sam- help us? Yeah, he, I think he was awesome. So, tell you a story about me and Kevin. Me and Kevin was getting ready to do the um, Blad TV. Oh, before like he a died. duo. Yeah, we, no, not a duo. We was going to get our conversation together on there because... Me and him was rated, if you had to go for relationship advice, who would you go to? He was rated number one. I was right behind him. Yeah. Yeah. What I wanted to tell the world, I, I had never watched Kevin Samuels until he died. Oh, wow. So from my side, I thought he was too hard on women. But what he did was he was great about women. But see, me being from the streets, I see life differently. I believe that you could talk shit to a female and let her know what's real by tough love. But then you got to give a woman game. You got to give it, you, baby, you ain't this, you ain't that, but let me show you how to win. See, I give the female the game on how to survive, how to make it. Whereas Kevin tore you down and left you for dead. I'm going to show you how to get on your feet. I'm going to show you how to take care of your body. I'm going to show you how to take care of your mind, how to stack your money, and how to get your life right so you can move on um, through life. Now, a lot of men will feel like, Giving game to a woman that you're not sexually active with works against you. What do you feel about that mindset? I, yeah, I, I don't think it works against you. I think, um, give me an example about knowledge and I'm going to take my ass to bed. I got to get up at three. Talk, talk to um, One day I'm driving down in Manhattan, see this fine woman walking. My God. This is where you can get out your car and a woman be scared to talk to you. Talked to the female about a good 15, 20 minutes. And I convinced her to get in my car. And I drove her to where she had to go. About maybe 20 blocks. Never saw that woman ever again in my life. Fast forward to three years later. We're in Atlanta. And my cousins and all of us, we all, we all walking in to this restaurant. Shark Bar in Atlanta. The host is there. My cousin says, hey, um, Simone. I want you to meet my cousin, TK. And she turned around. She said, T to the motherfucking K? (laughs) She said, he changed my life in 14 blocks. So the job of a man is to give the woman the information. It's up to her how she processes it. See, so I give women knowledge and then they process it. But my DM is filled with women all around the world about my interviews and the knowledge that I give people that they, they appreciate it so much. That's why I always say I like for women who when they come to my show 
to be really over like 40 years old. Because if you're over 40, you're gonna bump your head a couple of times and you really understand what I'm saying. Because now you have wisdom, you have experience. And that's Man. key. That's real, that's real. Last one real quick, uh, Black Lives Matter, do you feel like they hurt or help us? The Black Lives Matter group, movement. Um, they embarrassed us. Oh. That's oh. all they did. They embarrassed us because they didn't do what they supposed to do. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. See, they if they would have really did what they supposed to do, it'd be a different world. But I do defend Black Lives Matter if I'm asked that question amongst a lot of white people who I'm going to see this. And what I do was I, I, I get petty like most people do. I say, oh, Black Lives Matter. So what about Jerry Lewis and muscular dystrophy? Yeah. I said, because when Jerry Lewis was alive, Jerry Lewis had them phone calls two or three o'clock in the morning, people calling your house, bugging you before info commercials was out, and they calling them about donate certain certain money. And when Jerry Lewis died, most of those same damn people was not saved. They still was fucked up. Damn. There you go, talk about it. The whole world is based on the Ponzi scheme. The whole world is based on the Ponzi scheme. From the government on down to your, 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 your life insurance. So let all the people know, man, what you got going, what you got coming up, what's next for T to the motherfucker. Well, camp. first, um, I'm going to say thank you guys for having me on your show. No, thank you for coming. I really, I really enjoy this. I'm just, you know, I want to eat and go to bed because I got to catch an early flight. <laughs> um, the, my special drops July 4th on Apple TV. My national tour starts July 7th at the House of Blues in Las Vegas, Nevada, um, called Grown Folks Talking Tour. My deal with Snapchat is going to be amazing because the, 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 the way I structured that deal. Um, the Blacktop Streetball Association, what we're going to do for the kids in the community. And then, and then that's going to lead to something else I got planned that I'm not sharing because I believe you keep things close to your chest until it gets ready to come out. So these things is definitely happening. The contract is signed, the seal. I could talk about it. The other thing is, is my, my legacy. This is, if I get this, I accomplish what I really want to do, and it's big. So I'm not trying to really do movies, even though I am going to do a movie in about two or three years. Um, baller blocking, too. Yeah, we're supposed to be doing baller blocking. It looked like it may be, take another 10 years. You oh, know? <laughs> yeah, because... Because baby and NBA young boy, they, they, you know, they, we, we all are just so busy. It'll be on our radar one week and then the next week something totally happens. And, you know, we got the script. But, but by the time we probably get ready to do it, probably have to do another script. So um, it was good to mention it for a minute. It was a great feeling. And I, I hope that we do get it out. TK, real quick, lastly, um, and I want you to be able to kind of speak to the story as we get out of here. Um, uh-huh. You had mentioned you did a little time on Rikers. Yes. Uh, you had a you have a cousin who was a federal agent. Yes. Um, and he's not part of the story, but yet you use the federal agent to I don't <laughs> to act like you were about to tell on Puff Daddy. Right. To get it all worked out in your favor to dodge whatever they were trying to set up for you. Yes. For those that don't know this story, man, because this is crazy. You were on Rikers. You told them they wanted you to implicate yourself that you was there with Puff. Yes. And then therefore you got you got out of this whole thing. Yes. Well, I'm not going to discuss that anymore either <laughs> because that that's a that's a topic that's been talked about a lot as well. 
But what I could tell people is that God um, dropped all the charges and um, I'm living such a great life. And I'm, I'm just truly happy. And what I could say about these experiences that I've had in life and sitting here with you, that the world um, threw nothing but bricks at me. And I took these bricks and stacked them one by one. You know, like my man Franklin Saint, brick by brick. I built this motherfucker. You see me? This shit wasn't easy for me. But I like seeing it easy for the young comics. I like seeing how everybody's doing well. I truly had to work hard to actually be sitting in this chair with y'all. Amen. Man, you know, it's just a blessing because at 63, man, you look like a good 35, man. You look like my daddy, actually. Uh, I mean, you, you, you have an amazing story. You've done so much. Your accolades speak for himself. And we're just glad that you took time out to come sit with us and talk to yes. us. Hey, TK Kirkland, this is the best part of this shit. You are a real life street star. Yes, sir. Yep, yep. Absolutely. And one more thing, fans in Dallas, Texas, around the world, July 28th, we're going to have a big thing at the House of Blues in Dallas. Make sure you'll get your tickets and, your, or matter of fact, all you guys are invited. I could give, since there's so many of you, I could only give y'all one ticket and y'all, and y'all pay for one ticket. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a lot of you motherfuckers, goddamn. So, you know. You in Charleston. Uh, yeah, there's gonna be other people too. I'm, I'm thinking people. I'm gonna put my man uh, Special K on there. Oh, shout out Special K. Yeah, and I'm gonna put my man Dallas. Shout uh, out he, Dallas. He, yeah, uh, D. Ellis, I think it is. D. Ellis. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's funny as shit. Yeah, I'm gonna put him on the show. So it's gonna be a Dallas reunion for you guys. July 28th. Yeah, July 28th. House of, House of Blues, Joe. Hey, man. Real life yeah. street stars. Let's go.